Hey guys, I'm Garrett. And I'm Jason, and welcome to the Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, get ready for the truth. Hi everyone, welcome to the uh, first episode of the Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. Um... We just wanted to give you an introduction to who we are and why we're doing what we are doing uh, so that you can know and maybe become a regular listener. Uh, I'll, I'll start by introducing myself. My name is uh, Jason Aarons. I'm a pastor of Reality Church. I've been pastor there for five years. I've been at the church for close to, my goodness, close to 14 years now, uh, 13 or 14 years, and uh, just preaching the Word of God and trying to become a excellent expositor. Um, let my, my home dog introduce himself. <laughs> What's up guys. This is Garrett Crosby. Um, I'm just a, just a disciple at this moment, you know, just I'm here for to ask questions when, when they arise and, you know, just talk about, when you talk about the Bible, we're going to talk about maybe some issues that are going on in the world. But we'd, we'd like to stay focused, I think, on the Bible, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's the, and honestly, any issue that arises in the world today is because of a lack of Bible knowledge anyway. So oh, yeah. it's probably best just <clears throat> as close as we can stick with the Bible and what, what does God have to say about certain issues. But I don't, I don't think uh, a- approaching some s- specific issues is going to be a a negative thing, you know, as long as we approach it with, uh, you know, the word of God is our, is our standard. Um, yep. you know, one of, one of our Bible heroes, uh, one of our preaching, preaching, uh, uh, heroes is Jeff Durbin. And he, one of his favorite questions I ask is by what standard, <laughs> you know, so yep. let's, let's stick with the standard of the, of the word of God. That's the revealed, uh, revealed, uh, knowledge of God. So let's stick with that. But, um, you know, just as far as like why we're doing this, I think for me, you know, you've, you brought up a good point about the word of God and the need for it as we approach things in this world. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's one of the major things I think that we're wanting to do is really do that, you know, put a focus on the word of God. How, how would God answer these, uh, these different situations, this different stuff going on in the world today through his word. And what would he have to say about it? You know, and also, you know, uh, another one for me is, you know, I, the past year for me has been a journey of rediscovering, you know, who God is myself. You know, I got caught up in the uh, hyper grace and got caught up in uh, different things, you know, uh, prosperity gospel, you know, yep. all of those things that just kind of put a focus on us and make us gods instead of making God who he is. And over the past year, one of the things that really helped me the most was podcasts, you know, things that I could hear, you know, actually hearing the word of God in truth, you know, not just some man's opinion, but hearing, hearing what the word of God says and what, what's the Bible's standard on these things. So, you know, I thought that, you know, to me, that's one of the main reasons I would like to, I wanted to do a podcast of, you know, bringing out some of the things that we've, we like to talk about as well. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I, I grew up in, in that as well. And here we are, uh, you know, we didn't even know each other, what we were going 
what, what each other was going through, and we were both coming to the Reformed faith. Yeah. It, it was just, it was crazy, you know, when we yeah. talked to each other. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, and 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 it's so funny. I think for both of us, it started out with cultish, the cultish podcast. Yeah, if there's any podcast, I would say listen to start at the beginning of cultish. <laughs> yeah, because, there's your first plug. <laughs> exactly, uh, because if you, I mean, if you do, and you start hearing how these people uh, committed mass suicide, really mainly because they had no idea who God really was, so they thought Jim Jones was, you know. Yeah. And and the, to me that's to me that's the the crux of the matter. We we've got to understand we need, we need an understanding of who God is. Yeah. And it's not and it's not the golden calf that many of us have built that looks just like us and acts just like us. Yeah, one of the big things that, that it just God's sovereignty is you know that one of Jeff's videos that came up one time and it was it was talking to Mormons. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's see let's see let's see this, and I was like, man, how how would I defend my faith against Mormons? How would I defend it against uh, Muslims? You know? Yeah. So that was really got me digging into the word and realizing, man, I, yeah. I had stuff wrong. Yeah, and you know, I think too, we both came from. We started out on the apologetic side and realized that we have no apologetics unless we have theology. Yeah. You know, if you don't know what you think about God and who God is, you have no basis to defend anything. <laughs> yeah. And the, and, and the Bible's the standard, not what somebody else has told you, not what uh, a preacher comes up and says, God spoke to me and said this. No, God has no. spoken. God has spoken through his word. And we use yep. his word as the standard. So, but uh, uh, one of the things that uh, Garrett and I discussed doing is taking uh, the sermons that I preach on Sunday uh, I'm preaching through Romans. Uh, we're, we're in Romans chapter six, and we're actually going to start in verses three and four today. But taking those things, breaking them down, maybe kind of expositing a little deeper into the word, uh, even deeper than I gone. You know, I, I go about 42 minutes. That's my average now is about 42 minutes. I don't know how <laughs> I get to 42 every time. I guess that's what four pages of notes gets you is 42 minutes. Yeah. But, uh, how long were those notes before? Uh, they were, uh, three lines on a page sometimes <laughs> right. one time, one time blank, uh, mm. and just got up and preached a feel good message. But now it's like, it, it's evolved <laughs> quite yeah. substantially into four pages of notes, uh, several commentaries, you know, trying to exposit the word, listen and, and see what some of the other great men of the faith have to say as well, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Cause, they, Cause they have good things to say too. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, we can get into it this way, um, just a preface of what we're kind of talking about in these verses. Um, Paul kind of wants us to see uh, what has happened to us who are in Christ. Uh, This cannot be said about anybody who's not in Christ, the things that we're going to talk about, because these are the things that happen to those who are in Christ. Right. Um, Those who cannot continue living in sin. Uh, if they're in Christ, you know, those who can continue living in sin couldn't possibly have gone through the process of rebirth and regeneration because we're in Christ. Uh, yep. We're dead to sin now. Yep. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start, Garrett. I'll, I'll go ahead and read these verses and we can just kind of launch into some of the things that you 
have written down and stuff. I know you said you took a few notes and had, had some questions and maybe even had a couple extras that you wanted to add in some distinctions and stuff that you thought were going to be pretty good. So, yeah, sure. uh, as a, we're now fixing to read the infallible word of God. We, we know that the only moment that we're infallible on this podcast while I'm preaching, anytime we're sharing the word, the only time we're infallible is when we're, we're reading the word of God as it, as it is written. That's it. Every other time we're fallible, but the word of God stands and it is inerrant and infallible. Uh, we believe that it is the inspired word of God, that the Holy spirit inspired all of the authors to write this word and that God ordained this word through his sovereignty. So uh, now hear the infallible word of God. Romans 6, 3 through 4 says this. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And, of course, we thank God for his inerrant word that it stands the test of time even when we don't. Um, So uh, one of the first points I made, Garrett, and I I know you you, uh, sit on the edge of your seat listening when I preach, is, uh, you know, as you say, these are some of the best sermons you've ever written for me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think, didn't you describe this as the okayest sermon I had ever preached? Um, yeah, a little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first we had to get rid of that water baptism side of this, this, uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing when I was listening, you know, I was, I was like, okay, is he talking about water baptism? And then you went on into it, Yeah, you know, so go ahead. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people use that being baptized into Christ, you know, and saying that in order to be south, in order to, to have salvation, you must be baptized. And that is not true. There's no salvific effort in baptism. Baptism is a wonderful symbolic sacrament. Yep. Um, it's precious. It, uh, it symbolizes our baptism, our, our, our baptism into Christ and into his death. It symbolizes it very clearly. It's beautiful, but you know, we're, we're leaning more towards the Matthew three eleven side of it. When we say that this is the, uh, baptism, in the Holy Spirit and with fire, you know, yeah. that this, that this baptism is the work that's done by the Holy Spirit. You know, when we are given the faith, you know, when God calls us unto himself and we're, and we are reborn, it's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit, his, his convicting power and his ability to take out a stone heart and put in a, a heart of flesh, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it, you know, one of the things that really stuck out to me as I was reading commentaries, one of the, one of the commentators, I believe it was, it might be in um, MacArthur's uh, commentary that he said that we're immersed in Christ when we are born again. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, as as if it was water that we were immersed in him. When yeah, we that's, that's a good picture. Yeah, and I, I, I think so too, you know. I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful process, you know. Um, but, you know, as we, as I, I began to look and kind of dig into what Paul was saying here, I saw three pieces of a puzzle basically being put together as the process of, you know, rebirth and regeneration. Um, right. And that was death, burial, and resurrection. You know. Yeah. And then, and that's you know, uh, I, I, what I seen is like a description of our 
journey of born again, being born again. Yeah. It's the death and burial and resurrection of our old self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And, you know, the statement that I would say about death is that the dead man must die. Yeah. And that's a crazy thing to say, you know, dead man's already dead, right? He's dead in sin and trespasses. Well, no, he must die. And that is the death to sin, yeah. you know, and it's, it's so funny, you know, we we're bound because of Adam's sin and then we're raised to life by Christ's atonement. There's so much of our lives that we think we have control of that we don't, you know, yeah. um, and, and the way that we're able to die that sin is that as Christ completed the work, he, he became all God, all man, substitutionary atonement and took our place on the cross and died and was buried and rose again. Um, and one, one statement that kind of stuck out to me that as I was writing this sermon, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on it, okay. that sin only loses its reign through the victory of Christ. Um, that sin, you know, before we had, before we were in Christ, it's a ruler. It's, 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 it's the King of us, you know, the sin has all control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, just wanted to kind of pick your brain on that and see what you kind of thought about that, you know, as somebody who's, you know, looked at it. I think, you know, because of where we've come with our background, we've looked at this the wrong way for a long time. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is uh, the way, I guess you could say, that we used to look at it is, what can I do to not sin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. How how do I stop sinning to yeah. be like Christ or, yeah. you know, something of the nature and, and – the answer is nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only through nothing of myself, I should say. Yeah. And it's only through the victory of Christ that, and being born again and putting that and, you know, killing the dead, killing them, the old self. Yeah. And leaving them there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and do you think maybe it's because, for so long we just looked at sin as the action and not necessarily the depraved slave master that it was for so long. Yes. You yes, know, it, it was just what you were doing and not really what has control. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we, you know, we would, I would, I would get so angry at myself. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but now, you know, that's gone. Yeah. Because, uh, Best uh, best chapter in the Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think, I think the the burial part is the part that's often skipped in many of our, you know, our lives. That yeah. Causes, it really causes us the most problems, um, because there is no certification of death without a burial. You know what I mean? Yeah, Th- dead dead people must be buried unless they're cremated. You know, <laughs> they got to yeah. be buried; otherwise, they're not dead, right? That's that's how we get the death certificate is from the mortician, right? So the only way, you I, know, because you don't see just people walking around with death certificates. Hey, uh, I'm dead. Right? Exactly. <laughs> only dead people get those. <laughs> 
And, and you know, I used the weekend at Bernie's uh, yeah. analogy that we don't just take the old dead guy that we used to be and carry him around at parties and <clears throat> make him pretend he's having a good time. You know, we, we've got to uh, leave him buried. Yep. Stick him in the ground. Um, and, you know, with that, you know, it's just that's the hardest part, I think, because it's so easy to dig him up and blame him for everything else that we we're doing in this walk of sanctification, you know? Right. Let's just blame the old dead guy. <laughs> and it's, it, it just doesn't work that way to me. It, it's, we are new creatures in Christ. If we're new creatures in Christ, we're not even that dead man anymore. That dead right. man has no, has no play anymore in our lives. So, yeah. And, and you're talking about the burial there. I just, I just love prophecies mm-hmm. and, you know, in Isaiah 53, nine, mm-hmm. it, it says, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although yeah. he had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth. Yeah. You know, that his, his grave was with the wicked and he was in a borrowed tomb. Yeah. And this, and isn't it crazy that now, uh, uh, we are said to be, dead buried and resurrected with christ so who yeah. who who are the dead men he's in the he's in the uh borrowed tomb with that's us it's us <laughs> it's us 100 percent, no doubt you know he he did nothing wrong and with the wicked he's buried because we because of his wonderful atonement yep. get to be buried with him and resurrected as brand new creatures amen so the last um, part of that, Garrett, you know, we've we've died. The old man, the dead man had to die. Um, he had to be buried with Christ and he has to stay buried, as we talked about. Yeah. Now we're talking about that last piece of that, and that's resurrection. Um, the quote from the actual verses is raised from the dead by the glory of the father. And, you know, sometimes with Paul, I think one of the reasons I like Paul so much is just the way he puts stuff, (laughs) you know, I mean, because that's almost poetic. If you think raised, raised from the dead by the glory of the father. And, you know, the point I made uh, in that, and I think you might've had some stuff that you were going to, kind of because actually I, I specifically remember when I talked about this point you perking up and shaking your head um, so in the sermon so you know I think you probably will have some stuff to add about this that power this talk that, that glorious talking about that is the power of God right and his power and that is only contained in the Godhead and We've in the, I guess, in the word of faith, new apostolic reformation, you know, prosperity gospel, what have you. We try to take that verse out of context that says um, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now living in us. And, you know, sure. uh, We use that and it's true. But we use it to say that we can speak things into existence. We can cause things to happen by 
by saying it out loud, you know, we command our bodies to be made well. We command these things to happen. We tell storms they got to go a different direction and they do it. You know, that's the power that a lot of them say. And if it doesn't happen, you don't have enough faith. That's right. Yeah. And that's exactly, and that's exactly the theology behind that verse for many in the word of faith. But if we look at this, that we are raised from the dead by the glory of the father, that power that is contained only in the Godhead. Now, who is alive and living in us according to Scripture? That would be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us according to Scripture. And that is the power that raised Christ from the dead that now lives in us. And what is that Holy Spirit doing? He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's teaching us all things. He's our comforter. He has so many things that he's doing in us now. So, yes, the power is alive and living in us through the work of the Holy Spirit in our sanctification. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of was, you know, going back to um, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us is going back to how we were brought up, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, we, we should be able to say, well, Say if someone or even yourself is deaf or in, in one ear like like I am or nearly deaf. Yeah. I, I try to speak to that and would get mad that it wouldn't that it wouldn't open up and I couldn't hear out of it. Yeah. And finally yeah. I just gave up and I was like, Well, I guess I don't have the faith. Right, exactly. And you feel defeated, right? Yep. I must not have the power to raise Christ from the dead. And, and and there's not an an assurance there, right? You, you, there's no contentment, there's no assurance, there's no peace of God living like that. And and what's crazy to me is this, you know, we don't in in that movement we don't esteem God high enough because we bring ourselves up to His level when He is above all things. He is thrice holy, and we are negative holy in ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not even close, you know, and, and, and no, it says our good deeds are, are as filthy rags. Yeah. The thing that, and that's the stuff that we do. That's good. Yeah. Compared to the, the holiness of God is filthy rags. You know, like my favorite, you know, instance of an encounter with God is Isaiah six. When Isaiah comes in and he says, you know, in the year that King Uzziah died, I, saw God high and lifted up and his his train filled the temple and the angels were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And his first thought was not all cool. I'm just like him. His first thought was, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. He was saying, I'm sinful. I don't even compare to this. And yet we now, see in the in the modern church a movement towards uh we are just like god we are little gods you know and and it's and it's heresy it's just heresy is what it is yeah i can't find that anywhere no and i'm so glad that god has delivered us from the bondage of that yeah <laughs> because what an awful way we were living and how miserable we were <laughs> right well, i mean, well, I mean we, we've seen the fruit of it you know yeah. i had left the church yeah, and was just was mad at everybody. Yeah, didn't want anything to do with anybody, and I could cut you off in a heartbeat and not think twice about it. Yeah, and you know, 
Jesus delivered me from that. And uh, I mean, it's just wonderful. Words can't describe it. Yeah. It's a whole new world. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Aladdin. <laughs> it's a good whole new world. Um, so like I, I took that excerpt from John 17, uh, the actual high priestly prayer of Christ. Yeah. Um, I love John 17, dude. It's so full. You know, of course, you know, my favorite verse is John 17, 17. And that's probably one of your favorite verses as well. And that's what we use as the intro to our podcast. I mean, it's, it's my, it's my, it's our family prayer, part of our family prayer every morning. Yeah. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Yes. And, but he, 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 in verses one through five of John 17, he prayed this. He said, it says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, listen to this. Is this, this is beautiful if you, if you think about it. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah. that, what, what a beautiful prayer that Jesus is praying to his Father about that manifested glory. Because we know that Jesus put aside that manifested glory to be all God, all man. Because what happens when he shows his glory on Mount Transfiguration? Peter goes nuts and wants to build three <laughs> temples, right? I mean, he, yeah. it, Peter's out of his mind. He doesn't know what's going on. And, and Jesus laid that all aside, and we know why. Because he had to be under the law in order to fulfill the law. Yep. And, you know, I think, I think it, it speaks of that newness of life when it talks about in verse 4 of, of, of Romans 6 when it says that we too may walk in newness of life because that's what Jesus was going to be walking in after the resurrection when he ascended to the right hand of the Father. He was walking in a newness of life. He, was, he, was, he had reattained the glory that he had with the Father before the foundation of the world. Right. So yeah, I know, though, although we may not uh, be walking in the glory now after being born again, yeah, but we walk in newness and we we strive for righteousness. We're brand new. We're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be a difference. Um, we need to take up that new life. I think, like what you're talking about, there is. Is the, is the struggle, is the striving, is the sanctification yes. that we need to pick up that newness of life that Christ paid for with his death. And as he's redeemed us and given and made us new creatures, he wants us to live in newness of life. And if we don't, there's only one, one fault for that. And that's the fact that we just have not looked at what his word says is ours through Christ. I mean, I, that's, that's the way I feel about it. You know, there's so many promises and so many wonderful things that, that are new for us because we are in Christ. Right. A freedom from sin is, you know, top notch on my, on, on, on my list, you know, <laughs> put it in the first place, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, about how, you know, sin is not just an action. It's the, it's the evil slave master that seeks to enslave us and kill us and, and ruin us 
and we've been set free from its power. And now we can kill it like old, like old Johnny boy Owen, right? Kill it, <laughs> kill it. So we're alive with Christ. We're seated in heavenly places with him, not physically. That means that we're joint heirs with him. We are now sons of God. We are, listen, we are not the son of God. I think that's, that's another misconception, right? We're not the son of God. With all of his power can do everything he can do. We are sons of God, adopted sons. So we look at, we, la- we, we then took that, um, that question that Paul asked and, and verse two, that is the overarching question of all of the texts that we're going to, that we've gone over and so far in, in chapter six and for a little while after is this. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Yeah. And, and I like it because it, it goes back to um, the Charles Spurgeon quote. Yeah. If, right. If, if Christ died for me, I cannot trifle with the evil that has killed my best friend. Right. He is. And that's what he is. He died for us. He died in our place. Greater love has no man than he who would lay down his life for his friend. He is our best friend. Why are we going to play with it? So based on the text, I gave three points to to finish up the sermon. And I, I'd love to hear some of your commentary on this because I know, you know, uh, that you probably have a pretty good perspective on this. Because, you know, as we go through Romans, you've been with, you've been, you know, taking notes and, and seeing some things maybe that, that I haven't seen because you're looking at it from different, different perspectives. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. My first main point from what we've talked about is that Christ became sin so that we can die to sin. Yeah. And, you know, one of my main focuses in that was in Second uh, Corinthians. Um, is Second Corinthians uh, five twenty one? I think. Yeah, yeah. Second Corinthians five twenty one. When it says um, that, uh, let me find it. For our sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And see, that's to me that's that's pivotal. Because in Christ, we become the righteousness of God, not because we have done something, but because Christ has done something, right? Right. He's taken that robe of righteousness because of his work, and he's laid that robe on us. Yeah, I mean, some say, you know, we're not saved by works, but we, we in a way, we are by Christ's works. Yeah, know? that's <laughs> true. I mean, there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Without his work, we're, we're done for. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. No hope. And, you know, I, I look at it this way. You know, we must die to the sin that was the cause of the death of our Savior. It caused his death. It's why he died. So we need to die to it ourselves. We need to kill it ourselves. We need to get rid of it. Yeah. Like, like Spurgeon says, we can always go back to that every time. Yeah. You know, we can't trifle with that, with the evil that killed him. Yeah. So my, my second point was this, that the dead man is buried with Christ. Leave him there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we drag him up so many times in so many different ways. You know, we drag him up by, you know, 
excusing our sin and saying, well, it's, you know, that's how I've always been or whatever. Well, no, we're new in Christ. Don't excuse him. Don't, don't bring up the dead man. Let him be your excuse. He's supposed to be dead, you know, leave him buried. This ain't weekend at Bernie's. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not to say that we, we still want our struggle because yeah, we all do. We're all going to sin anyways. We all sin and we all have an advocate. Yeah. It's Christ. And, and, and we need to repent. Those who preach against repentance for the, for the, for the Christian don't understand the fact that sin is still a problem for us. You know, we're not yeah. under the sin nature. We're not under the curse of Adam's sin. We're not, we're not going to go to hell because we made a mistake. But sin does not need to have any place in our lives. We must kill it where it stands because it, its goal is to put us back in bondage. We've been set free by Christ. Yep. We're going to sin. We know that. We break the first commandment every second of the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not, we're not loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're, our, our attentions are divided, unfortunately. I wish we could. And one day we will when we're glorified with Him. But right now, you know, we struggle with that. We push, we, 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 we kill sin where it stands. And I think, too, I think the most dangerous way we bring up the dead man is this, by embracing him mm-hmm. and his old dead ways. Yeah. You, you know, when you look at the antinomian side, when you look at, uh, it's okay, it's all under grace, just do whatever you want. Well, no, that's embracing the dead man and his ways. Yeah. We can't, We can't do that. We can't go on living that way. Because if we are truly in Christ, we can't continue going against the word and doing what God hates. Right. So, you know, are we even Christian then at that point? Exactly. And that's where the uh, Puritans called it false converts. Yeah. The almost saved Christian. He ain't saved. He's almost saved, but he ain't saved. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, first John uh, chapter two, we always look at that one verse. That's so good. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And people say, and people use that as a universalist, but that's not what he's talking about. Right. He's talking about all who would come to him. And he says this in verse three. And by this, we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected by this we may know that we are in him by, by what keeping his word, doing what he commands, loving the word of God and what it says, not fighting against it at every turn and trying to twist scriptures and to fit into what we want. Right. You know, we've got to, we've got to trust what the word of God says. So, you know, yeah, it goes on to also say, you know, whoever, whoever says he abides in him, Ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. <laughs> and that's a tough standard, my brother. <laughs> that's a tough standard. You know what I mean? That's a yeah. tough one. If, you, if, you, if you're not walking as Christ walked, even though you deal with sin and he didn't, if you're not walking like he walks. Are you in him? Or are you an almost Christian? Are you a false convert? And then we look at the last point that I made. And I think to me this is the most important to me as far as myself and getting myself right and how I should be as a person. 
We should live in such a way that no one can mistake whose we are. Yeah. I say it goes back to right then, you know, in first John two, the end of was it five? Um, the other, the other verses, there's first, um, I use first, first John two fifteen through 17, um, as kind of my, okay, my verses yeah. on that. It's do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Now, there should be no mistake about who we belong to if we're in Christ. No. Should be no shocker. You know, back back in the, the old days of hyper grace, man, people would look at me and say, you're a pastor? <laughs> that should not be. That's not how my life should be. My life should not be in any way mistaken. You know? Yeah. You know, being kind and, and, and loving to people, that should be part of my pastorship. If that surprises people because maybe pastors aren't as nice as they should be, that's fine. But because I'm doing this, that, or the other, and acting this way, that way, or talking this way or that way, and they're shocked that I'm a pastor, that's not good. And that's why my life has changed forever. You yeah, know what I mean? Yep. That's why I've changed everything. Amen. And uh, I kind of ended by quoting uh, Valley of Vision. It's a book of uh, Puritan prayers. Uh, you know me well enough to know that I'm uh, obsessed with the Puritans, love the Puritans, love their writings, everything about them, how they lived their life and acted, even though our history books give them bad rap. Yep. It says in Valley of Vision, it's part of heaven desired. It says, but there I shall be near thee, dwell with my family, stand in thy presence chamber, be an heir of thy kingdom as the spouse of Christ, as a member of his body, one with him who is with thee, and exercise all my powers of body and soul in the enjoyment of thee. Basically talking about being with Christ, with God forever, abiding forever with him. And there's, there's no better thought to me than that right now. I, I, I live too much of my life being so focused on this world and trying to get, get, get what I could get on this earth and live in heaven on earth. No, there, there's not heaven on earth. There's living, being a child of God on earth, but heaven is heaven. And I need to be more heavenly minded. <laughs> right. I think we get, we get mixed up with wanting to live heavenly here with having things right yeah no doubt yeah no doubt and my my final scripture was first timothy 6 11 through 12 it says but as for you a man of god flee these things pursue righteousness godliness faith love steadfastness and gentleness fight the good fight of faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses so we need to take hold of eternal life. Yeah. And I don't, I don't hear any exceptions in that, you know? Yeah. Like, well, you know, except if, you know, you're this and this or that. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's to all Christians. Yeah. To do. Yeah. 
And I think, too, if we take hold of that eternal life, it makes the sanctification life just a little easier. Yeah. I think it makes the fight with sin just a little easier because we're looking at a purpose, you know, at a at a destination. You know what I mean? Right. And and not just going by whatever, you know. We <laughs> Wherever can't, the wind blows at us. Yeah, and we can't we can't live like that. Um so any other thoughts that you had or questions you wanted to add in or anything like that? No, I think that's I think that's good. I think you've covered it pretty well. And you know as we as we go forward, you know, we'll be doing more of this. Hopefully we'll be adding in a secondary uh maybe discussing some different theological things or different other things, just whatever we're going to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, and just hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be helpful to some who may be where we were. Right. You <laughs> yeah, know, definitely. Who need to get out of that word of faith, out of that hyper, hyper grace, out of all that junk. Yeah. I mean, surely there was a purpose in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, like, you know, we just had our faithful men Bible study tonight too. And we talked about that purpose and in trials and troubles, right? It's going to have a purpose for it. So, well, I think that was good. Um, looking forward to the next one. Um, and let's give, uh, the people some of our information on how to reach us and how to connect with us on social media. If you like our podcast, hit subscribe, like it, and share it. Follow us on Facebook, Small Town Pilgrims. And on Instagram, at Small Town Pilgrims. If you have any questions or ideas, get your own podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> or you just want to talk, you know. You know, message us or email us at smalltownpilgrims at gmail.com. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Now, we don't want to leave you without some of our favorite music. So we want to play a little piece of a song and hopefully you find a new artist that you like. What do you think, G? Man, I, I, you know, this, this song we're about to play is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.